0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Steelers Draft Talk. I'm your host, Derek Bell. With me is my guy, Nick Martin. Uh, just a reminder you can find us at youtube.com slash all Steelers talk or wherever you get, get your podcast. Uh, super, super excited to be back on the pod. Uh, today's episode is going to be a big one, man. We're going to be talking about the Senior Bowl. We're going to go over the offensive roster, some guys that we like, some guys that we want to see some more of. Uh, we're just a couple of weeks away from Mobile, man. It's kind of crazy that. Um, it's already this close, but first off, Nick, how we doing, brother?
1: Doing good, man. Doing good. I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to Senior Bowl week. You're gonna catch me down there doing Senior Bowl coverage. This is my first time ever doing it, so I'm really excited to do it. Heck yeah, man.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. I'm. I'm unfortunately not gonna be able to go just because of uh, prior work commitments, but um, I know the Senior Bowl is a great atmosphere. It's a great thing that Jim Nagy and his group put together just getting that opportunity to get in that space is an awesome thing. I'm I'm excited to see uh, kind of all the content that you guys are going to put out for the site. Um, You know, just in general, um, the Steelers, you know, obviously got knocked out of the playoffs on Sunday due to some unfortunate events beyond their control. Uh, But that's what happens when you need help from other teams. But um, draft season's in full swing. I mean, it's been draft season. It's always draft season for us, but, there's just something about, you know, just seeing my timeline start to kind of shift their focus into like offseason mode and draft prospects and stuff that I don't know, man. All week I've just had like a, a burst of uh, adrenaline. Uh, I'm really excited to kind of get into full swing. These next four months are always really hectic, really busy for us. But, you know, it's exciting stuff. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, especially when people start talking about what what the what what specific needs there there are. You know, everyone's gonna have different opinions. Some people are gonna be talking about linebacker, some people are gonna be talking about corner. Some might be talking about offensive line. That's yeah. why we made sure to keep our process as fluid as possible throughout the Steelers draft talk to understand you know where improvements were were made on throughout the season you know look at specific positions and their strengths
0: yeah Yeah, it's gonna be uh, a lot of fun to break all this stuff down we got a long way to go but um you know the senior bowl is kind of that first thing that kind of kicks off draft season in my opinion it's just one of the first things that I think of um so let's jump right into it let's let's talk a little bit about uh the senior bowl just kind of as a brief overview and this is just my opinion I'm not really sure how you feel about it but just looking through this roster I do think that there is some strengths and weaknesses just in terms of the positional groups um, where, where, where I see the roster, at least on offense, being the strongest is offensive line. And we'll get into specific names and things like that. But, you know, in terms of like where it's maybe a little bit weaker, especially to years prior, I think quarterback stands out just from last year. Last year's quarterback class took a lot of flack, but basically all of the guys that who were off the board um, first or early in the draft we're at the senior bowl and we don't get that every year. um, But we did last year. And I think that that's probably the biggest difference, but there's still a lot of good prospects to talk about. um, Even some guys at the quarterback position that I'm really intrigued by. Uh, So let's start us off with the quarterbacks that you're looking forward to seeing.
1: So personally, I uh, really, I actually think the tier two group of quarterbacks is a bit is pretty deep overall this year. And I think that's one of the things when you look at last year's class, like, you know, if you, If you looked at the guys like Kenny Pickett and Desmond, you know, all those, all those guys, they went to the senior bowl, but I don't think we should dismiss these, these, you know, these tier two quarterbacks because Jaron Hall is a guy who I think is going to be really impressed with just his arm strength, his, his, his feel, his touch really want to see how he handles moving in the pocket, see how he handles um, processing middle of the field at the senior bowl. I think those are the big things for him. Jake Hayner. This is a guy I I really liked last year down the stretch. He had that game against UCLA where he was gutting through pain, making throws that just – he throws with so much anticipation, underrated velocity. He's He has a great way of being able to generate torque um, – Based off his base, he, he can really he can really widen almost kind of like Baker Mayfield does, where their arm strength is not the best, but it's their ability to generate that torque from the lower, you know lower upper body. They just do an incredible job. Hayner really gutsy can move in the pocket can improvise. Some people are probably going to say you know. Recency bias is absolutely big in these in these days. So people might say, like, oh, he's the next Brock Purdy or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, Jake, uh, J- I like Jake Hater's arm a little more. I was, you know, I was a little big, big, bigger fan of him. But those are the two guys I think that will end up being the most intriguing to me.
0: Yeah. And just kind of to preface some of this um, talk around the quarterbacks, we are still waiting to see if Will Levis will be there. Obviously, he's senior bowl eligible. He has a senior bowl invite. We just don't know. He's not technically on the roster right now as of the time of this recording. But seeing Levis there would obviously take this group up a notch as, you know, he's going to be a first-round pick. Hendon Hooker is another guy who has a senior bowl invite, but with the stuff that happened with his injury late in the season – Um, He may be down there doing interviews with teams and things of that nature, but he's obviously not going to be capable of participating, unfortunately. Um, Just kind of on a different note, um, this quarterback class at the Senior Bowl is interesting to me. The name that I'm really interested in seeing, and I really don't know why, but it's more of just intrigue, is Tyson Badgett. So I had no idea who this dude was until about two months ago, and his name – Came across my Twitter timeline and I kind of started going through some YouTube stuff, just like a 15, 20 minute rabbit hole. And I, I'm intrigued. I, I, I think that, um, you know, obviously the production has been off the charts. I think he's got like 90, he's thrown like 94 touchdowns in the past two seasons or something like that. It's crazy, crazy numbers. Uh, he's from Shepard, three, like 215, 220. So he has like the typical ideal NFL build that you want. Um, and I think that his arm looks, at least from what I saw, you know, kind of in the stuff that I was able to see, his arm looks like it's pretty quality. So I'm going to watch him spin it. Um, the senior bowl is a really good week for which we'll talk about several of these guys. But the senior bowl is a really good week for guys that play in lower competition levels, because if you want to get into the NFL and you play at a place like Shepard or even like North Dakota State or any like, you know, lower level competition, You have to dominate. And, you know, Badgeon's dominated for sure. Um, It's just how's he going to look when he's stacked up against other NFL draftable talent? Because we don't really get a lot of those matchups through the regular season. So, interested about that. And Hainer was another, Hainer's the other guy to me that I want to see. I really enjoy watching him play. He was a draft Twitter favorite, I feel like, for the last like two years. Didn't hear as much about him this year. I'm interested to see, like, how the tape stacks up in previous years i only got to see him live once or twice but um, you mentioned the ability to navigate the pocket that's something i really like about hanner he just always seems in control the way he negotiates the pocket he'll step up he resets really well good feet um, i don't think the arm is anything crazy but he can you know uh, attack from different arm slots um, i think he's mostly accurate I'm interested to see how he does um, in this game. I definitely think he's one of the premier um, guys that could potentially help their stock. Um, Hainer is a guy for me that I think day three of the NFL draft, I want him on my team no matter what, you know, I don't think, I don't know if his stock really goes much higher than that um, in this class, but uh, Jake Hayner day three as like a backup slash developmental guy. I, I'm all about that. I think, I think he's an awesome player. So, um, I think that does it for the quarterback position. Let's, let's go to running backs. Uh, what running backs are you looking forward to seeing um, during a senior bowl week?
1: So for me, uh, I was a huge Damian Pierce fan last, last year, and we really saw what he was able to do. It's hard as running backs to be able to stand out during the week of practice. So mm-hmm. you have to really make your money in pass protection drills and just being able to – catch passes out of the backfield, and I really think Roshan Johnson is going to be this year's Damian Pierce. He has a lot of traits that you look for in the ability to pass protect. Former quarterback out of high school, so he really understands a little more of the nuances of the position than you'd expect for a guy with so many limited touches. Something that's absolutely crazy, he had 95 attempts this season. He had 40 broken tackles. Miss uh forced missed tackles according to Pro Football Focus, which is an absurd rate of of, of missed uh attack tackles forced. So really, really looking forward to seeing Rashawn Johnson down there. I think he has a chance to make himself a lot of money, could go a lot higher than people expect just because he has the size, he has all the three down trades that you're looking for, just didn't get a lot of the touches. Another guy. Tajay Spears, completely different. 5 5'11 195, but man, does he run with some awesome contact balance for a guy that for the guy that big. He has, you know, he went off against USC. USC's an absolute tackling dumpster when it comes to just <laughs> being able to execute anything. Somehow Alex Grinch is going to be back at defensive coordinator, we're but,
0: not going to get into that on this yeah, pod. I'm going to throw my headset.
1: <laughs> but uh but Spears has a lot that you can that that you want to see in like more of your scat-back types in terms of just being able to just being able to create big plays. Can really bend his hips. Can alter pursuit angles extremely well. Guy like that, like you, you want to see if he can make his money on on third down. So you want to see how he can handle up pass protection. You know, he can cat, catch out of the backfield, but you want to be able to make your money on third down. And if you're asked to pass protect, you got, you better be able to do it. That's what I'll be looking for for Tachi Spears.
0: Yeah. I think this group has several different players that I think are really interesting. Um, just to hit on the Roshan Johnson thing. Uh, Johnson in particular is he He's definitely one of my dudes at that position for this class. I think if he went anywhere other than Texas, where he's playing with B. John Robinson, you know, arguably a generational, if you're one to use that term, uh, running back prospect. I think we'd be talking about him in a completely different realm. Uh, but contact balance. You mentioned his ability to, uh, to pass, protect. Those one-on-one matchups um, at the Senior Bowl, you'll hear me talk a lot about through the podcast just in the regular season about, you know, matchups. Matchups with other NFL prospects like matter a lot to me in my process. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see how he does in those one-on-ones because I, th- I think he's going to rock it. And just those traits that he has along with the limited wear and tear on his body because he hasn't been like a full-time guy. Um, I think it makes him really attractive and somebody that could break a running back rotation kind of as a rookie. Um, but I'm a Kenny McIntosh fan, man. I, I love Kenny Mac. I, I really do. I, I liked him a lot last year. I was super excited, um, you know, knowing that he was going to take on a bigger role for that Georgia offense this year. Back-to-back national champs. Uh, Kenny Mac just made plays all over the field all season long, and I think that he took a step forward as a runner. Um, he, he's an explosive playmaker, man. I just love the, how many big plays it seems like he makes on a weekly basis Um, I think the lateral agility, the ability to bounce runs on the outside, sometimes when he doesn't need to, but, you know, he can get on the edge. Uh, But I think that as a receiver, that's really where his true value lies. I mean, I think that he can run the full running back route tree, natural hands, can catch the ball away from his frame. I just – I think he's a really reliable guy who's going to end up probably getting pushed down in this class um, to that, like, top 100 range. And I just think that, you know, somebody on, like, late – or, like, late round three – early day three is going to get a heck of a running back. Who's going to be able to contribute, you know, right away. Um, so I'm excited about seeing how he does. And then just one other guy that I want to mention kind of a little bit, uh, briefly is Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky. Um, Kentucky's offense took a massive step back this year. Uh, Rodriguez was a little bit, a little bit of trouble in the off season. So interviews might matter to him a little bit more than some of these other guys. But, um, rodriguez is a powerful downhill type of runner I mean he' is in the China to, shop yes he, he, he's gonna run through your chest and, and then step over you that's the type of runner that he is um you know ex, he's got good contact balance like I said just tough as nails fumbles have been a problem for him in the past i want to see how he takes care of the football um see if he you know how his hands look when they when they go through those drills pass protection things like that uh, but you just look at a guy who's gonna maximize You know, not not a crazy athlete, you know, not overly athletic. He might be a goal goal line type of back in the league. um, But you look at a guy who can really maximize his yards after contact. That's what he did his entire career at Kentucky. You even look at this year. I'm just looking at some numbers right now. 904 rushing yards on the season after he came back from that suspension 672 of those came after contact last year 1300 uh rushing yards 883 after contact so he's just a guy who's going to maximize what what's there he's going to f- consistently fall forward move the pile and you know there's still there's still a role for guys like that in the nfl so yeah. um all right, next up, we got the receiver position. This, this kind of, there's some sneaky talents in, in this group. Um, I was pretty intrigued. I hadn't really looked too deep into the invites until we started doing the prep for um, this podcast, but there's definitely some good names. Uh, who, who are names that stick out in your mind
1: for me? Uh, guy I was started watching recently was Xavier Hutchinson. Uh, analytics community loves early breakout guys and he broke out very early as in 2020 as a freshman so that you know he checks you know you like seeing guys dominate early on but for me what really stands out for a guy who's 6'3 205 i was honestly kind of shocked how how his wingspan didn't really stand out but just how he used it because he has very soft hands he knows how to make those those really strong contested catches but for a guy who's listening around 6 three he creates way more separation off the uh release off the release more than more than you'd expect he's just really fluid at being able to break down in space drop his hips he's just incredibly just shows a lot of good short-term uh short area agility his ability to get up field after the catch he has really good instincts and just feel for get for creating yards after after the catch, he's going to be a guy I expect to really stand out in one-on-ones and in the game. Just from a just because I think he has a very tr- he has a very translatable game overall. And another guy, really on a on a different end of the spectrum, Jonathan Mingo. I've watched him mostly from live viewings, but what I have seen, Ole Miss's offense has a lot of designed plays for him, and he doesn't really face a ton of press, but. He's a guy who's rocked up. He's like he's built more like your AJ Brown more than anything. Like six foot two twenty, he's just muscled up. I really want to see if he shows a lot more to his arsenal in terms of his release and see if he can get off those see if he can get off those um this release you know off the line of scrimmage pretty consistently you know against press. And another thing I want to see I want to see his hands because he had a pretty bad drop percentage overall at um at Old Miss. I think it was somewhere around like eleven percent or something like that, which is not very ideal overall. But yeah, those two guys really looking forward to seeing. I'll leave a side note on Puka Nakua, who's my who's my guy at BYU, but I'm sure you'll get into him.
0: Yeah. Puka's gonna be an interesting player. The the first one that I want to talk about though is Tank Dale. So I've talked to him about him a little bit on the pod before. You know, Clayton Toon, his quarterback's also going to be going to a mobile, but Dell's an undersized guy, 5'10, 165. But dude, he's just twitched the hell up. And I, I love watching this dude play. He's tough as nails, too. Like the way that he'll go over the middle of the field, catch the ball away from his frame. Um, you talk about catching technique. I think his catching technique is solid from what I've seen, too. Um, talk about a guy who has been super. Productive too, like twenty seven hundred receiving yards. I think twenty nine touchdowns over the last two seasons. You know, we oftentimes think of these smaller receivers, um, you know, as not big like touchdown producers, like near the red zone, anything like that. Like Houston just gets the ball in this dude's hand. Doesn't matter where it is on the field. He he's a playmaker. So, uh, like I said, twitched up can get in and out of his breaks with like really minimal effort, which is something that I really um, look for, especially in smaller receivers. Um, I think he's going to dominate one-on-ones. I really do. There's some really good corners, which we won't get into that on this episode. Some really good corners, a lot of different skill sets on this Senior Bowl roster. But Dell is a guy who I want to see work inside, outside um, during the week of the Senior Bowl. And I'm expecting him to dominate these one-on-ones because this is the setting where his skill set should really be able to show up. And I don't want to count that too much in his evaluation process. Cause it's what i'm expecting uh i think he's gonna put on a show i really do so he's definitely a guy that i'm looking forward to seeing um the next guy is rasheed rice this is a guy that i want to finish up watching and do a full tape breakdown because I've, I've watched him a little bit more more live than anything i know he had a breakout season um this year for that smu offense Um, explosive playmaker with ball skills, 18 catches, four touchdowns on throws over 20 yards down the field this season. Um, Guy who can really get vertical. He can beat you over the top, uh, stretch the field. I'm really interested to see how he does um, this week in this type of setting against better competition and an NFL offense, that SMU offense, that spread system um, doesn't ask him to run a full um, diverse route tree. You know, Rice was a guy who played a lot in the slot before this season, before they moved him outside. So I'm interested to see how he does in that transition. Um, And then just catching the football is what I want to see. Like, I know that last year when his name kind of came up as a potential breakout guy, tons of drops. And I know this year, um, at least just going through like some of his game charts, I I know that's been a little bit of an issue, too. He had three drops in one game. So those. Those drills that are on air might not get a lot of headlines from, you know um, Twitter or anything like that, but those things are going to be important to a guy like rice. Cause he needs to show that he can catch the ball easily um, and secure it away from his frame without putting it on the turf. So that's definitely, um, definitely a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm trying to see there was one more guy that I wanted to talk about that I didn't put in my notes, but right before we jumped on, um, you know, um, Ronnie Bill That's that's the dude. Yeah, uh Bell has been a dude that has kind of been. We've been waiting on him to break out. Unfortunately, he suffered that injury. Was that last year or the year before?
1: I believe it was last year.
0: Okay, yeah. So, but but he had he stuck out. He stood out in the college football playoffs. Like I thought, he st- stood out a little bit. Like later in the season this year for Michigan. Michigan, yeah, yeah, Michigan, obviously a really run heavy offense. They have a very clear identity. They want to win in the on the in the trenches Mm -hmm. on the ground game. Um, But I don't think we've seen the best of Ronnie Bell. I definitely think that he's a guy who could go later in the draft and kind of outplay his draft stock. So he's a guy that I want to see um, how he does um, over the course of the week. All right, let's get into the tight end position. Tight end position, kind of, it's got some names. Um, I definitely think that it's pretty solid. There's one in particular that I'm really excited about. But you know, who who are you uh, looking forward to seeing out of this group?
1: Luke Musgrave. That's a guy who stood out to me the moment I watched Oregon State. It's unfortunate that he had an injury this this season because he mm-hmm. barely got the play. But nephew of former Oregon quarterback Bill Musgrave, he's a Feldman freak. He's runs a 140, allegedly 421 pro agility 36 and a half inch for for a tight end that that's absolutely moving especially at his size of 66 250. like absolutely insane athlete just really stands out with his ability to drop his hips for a guy that big i i like you you really want to see a guy like that just absolutely stand out like overall because tight end group It has it's it's pretty deep overall, but Musgrave has a chance to kind of leapfrog over some of these guys because he's one of the more impressive athletes while having also that size to go with it. So I'm really interested to see how he does guy. I'm really looking forward to seeing, though, for former uh, defensive end recruit and really shows up on film sometimes is Cameron Law, from Alabama. Very solid all around skill set, can block really well. You know, Alabama Titans are asked to do that a ton, but he has very smooth routes. Like, he's just very smooth in space. Got, like, you wouldn't expect it, you know, easily about 6'4, 245 ish or so. Guy can, guy has a really all around skill set, can catch the ball pretty well he's really relied on in the middle of the field, you know, Bryce Young doesn't always target him, but he's, he's usually open a lot of the times. And I'm really curious to see just how much he ends up making, making friends of the quarterbacks there, because, you know, having that reliable tight end, it's, it's a very, it's a very huge thing.
0: Oh yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely nice to have. Speaking of too, I I completely agree. I I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more involved in that Alabama offense, just because, Bryce I felt like his receivers were letting him down every single week man the the receivers at Alabama this year were extremely frustrating so I wish he would have kind of targeted Latu a little bit more or they would have tried to get him a little more involved because I do feel like he's a pretty reliable player Um, tight end position you mentioned Musgrave who I think is in this conversation um, but Dalton Kincaid you talk about tight ends that are going to be selected after you know Michael Mayer who's going to be a first-round pick Darnell Washington definitely a top 50 guy after that I do feel like there's a little bit of a teardrop but you know Kincaid Musgrave these are the guys that we're looking to see like kind of cement themselves as that next guy in that next tier Um, I'm I'm really a fan of Kincaid I I watched a decent amount of Utah over the past couple years if you're in the market for a complimentary receiving piece Um, and a guy that you can put kind of in that big slot role, Kincaid makes a lot of sense. I mean, just unbelievable production. Uh, You think back to how insane he was in that 230-yard performance against the infamous USC defense uh, this past year. I mean, the the dude's a baller. I I love watching him catch the ball. Um, Just interesting. Every time I watched them this season, anything that was in his strike zone, he was pulling in. Like, nothing was hitting the turf. I went back and looked at some numbers. Only two drops his entire time in college. Um, you know, that that's incre- incredibly impressive. He has really natural hands, and I think he's a pretty adept route runner, somebody that can get a little bit of separation. So I think he's my current favorite for tight end three behind Mayer and Washington as it stands right now. Um, you know, tight end's a tough position because production is kind of, not the most important thing, especially uh, when balancing that versus traits. But KK's production, man, it's been off the charts, and you got to at least take that into consideration a little bit. I want to see how he does as a blocker. Yeah. That that is, that's you know, one. that that's the big one in my opinion. How he stacks up when they start doing some of these blocking drills is going to be big for his stock, in my opinion. So, want to see how he does there. And just a kind of a a little light note on Josh Wiley from Cincinnati. Uh, when i was at the cincinnati pro day this past year um you know watching ritter and you know sauce gardner kobe bryant guys like that um i would i had the chance to go to their like one of their spring practices and wally was really catching my eye all day long you know i even made a note in my notes on my phone to go back and watch him after the season because wasn't super familiar. I mean, I had watched him live with Ritter, but I hadn't done any like tape breakdown stuff. So he's a guy who I'm going to try to watch before the Senior Bowl to see if he's progressed any. But um, 6'6, 250 pounds. You love that type of size. Um, he's been big in the red zone for them. He's got 15 touchdowns over the past couple seasons. So definitely a guy who's going to be draftable. Um, in my opinion, if you're looking for to add a tight end probably on day three.
1: So Feldman freak too. Clock's like a four six five, six seven, two fifty-two. Like guy can really move. Yeah. Especially in a particularly in a straight line. Like I I think he's a little less fluid overall, but can just he can absolutely just create yards after the after the catch just in a straight line.
0: I tell you the, there was a specific play that he made in one of the spring practices they were doing um, at the end of the practice, they were doing like a two minute drill scenario. Um, So they had like Evan Prater and I forget the guy's name who started most of this year, Uh, his name escapes me, but they both took turns. Um, But, you know, I, I remember specifically a scene that he caught like away from his frame, like high back five um, towards the end zone. So, um, he's definitely an interesting player. He's somebody that I'm looking forward to seeing how he does in this setting and get some good competition. So um, let's talk about what I think is easily the, the strongest positional group um, on the offensive side of the ball, and that's the
1: offensive line. Do you have any offensive linemen you're looking forward to watching over the course of the week? Uh, I'm really curious to see Blake Freeland. I, I really think he's a great fit for a wide zone scheme, but I want to see maybe if he shows a little more versatility, see how he handles um, being on an island versus these pass rushers, you know, big, big thing to watch with these one-on-ones is, you know, see how these guys anchor holds up like one-on-one overall. Um, no, you know, another, <laughs> I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave a footnote on this guy, but Cody mock guy from North Dakota state. He, he has like the greatest like before college and after college like big. yeah just <laughs> just goes from like you know it's normal long hair and then now he's got like his teeth like you know he's got missing teeth and stuff like that he he, he looks like he did college the right way you know he's pretty nasty from what i've seen so i'm pretty excited to see him there for sure
0: yeah yeah mock is uh mock's gonna be a twitter favorite Yes, I, I've known that for a little bit. Uh, but Mock's going to be a Twitter favorite for everybody who's just now kind of getting into draft mode. He's going to be somebody that, you know, people are going to really gravitate to. Um, You know, another year, another North Dakota State um, tackle prospect. Right. He's a bully in the run game like that. That's really the his bread and butter. Like he really gets after it in the run game. Just a finisher, man. Like love the way he finishes plays. Um, I'm interested to see if they give him any reps at guard because he came in like a little over 32 inch arms, you know, 33 inches. is kind of like the threshold that most NFL teams want to see. Um, He was just over 32. So I want to see if he gets some reps in at guard. I anticipate that that will be the case, Um, but I want to see also some pass pro reps, you know, they don't throw the ball a ton um, in that system, Um, but I'm I'm interested to see how he looks um, in pass pro that guy this is a guy that i think um darnell Wright. this is a guy that i think is super underrated right now i I really do i'm i'm struggling to find just my thoughts overall in the offensive line draft class i think it's a little bit overwhelming it's average at best when you're factoring in you know the underclassmen and the seniors but i do think that there's going to be a lot of good depth on day two of the draft there's only two guys that i've watched so far and i still have some some of the top guys even to get to finish my thoughts on. Uh, but there's only two guys right now that I think are locks to go in the first round. And that's Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky. Um, Darnell, Wright Is a dude that I have really grown extremely fond of six, He's- six, five, 340 pounds, just a massive amount of power to his game. Grip strength, the ability to force just like his will on defenders. You know, you have to play his brand of football both in the passing game and the run game. I really enjoy watching him play. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a big matchups guy, especially for like pass rushers. Like that's a big thing for me. Pass rushers, what kind of competition are you going up against? Uh, Pass protectors, like who are are you blocking? Um, And are these guys going to be like NFL quality talent? Um, Darnell Wright handled Will Anderson, who I think is probably the best player in the draft. If not, like he's not worse than like two or three. he handled Will Anderson better than I've seen anybody do over the course of his time at Alabama. And then I finished up watching um, or doing a scouting report on BJ Ojalari from LSU this past, uh, over the past couple of days, there was a lot of high level reps in there. Just he's not the best mover, but I think um, his ability to recover really stands out. That's always my drawback when you see these bigger offensive tackles that are, you know, in that 340 to 350 pound range you worry about the lateral agility, the the ability to mirror, the ability to recover whenever, like you know, they have a misstep, whether it's like poor hand placement or you know they get beat off the ball, like. But he can really recover, and I think that that's going to lend himself um, to a very favorable draft grade, you know, in my eyes. Once I finish kind of watching him specifically, but this is a guy who can really make himself a lot of money in mobile. I definitely um, want to see more of him. And then kind of a spoiler alert, just as a last player, um, it's Osir- Osiris Torrance from Florida. He is a former Louisiana Lafayette transfer. He played there for like two, three years. That same school that Steelers guard Kevin Donson attended, I believe um, several years back, they have produced a couple of uh, NFL guards, but um, I'm going to be following a scouting report on him. I've got two games left to watch um, that before I finish that, but uh, he went to the SEC for his senior season. And just from what I could tell so far through like the first game and a half that I've watched, there's still a level of dominance in the run game. I mean, this is a powerful, powerful dude. Uh, plays with a mean streak. Pretty good technically as well, especially like just with his hands. Um, I do think he's best fit for a gap scheme, maybe, maybe some inside zone that kind of just lets him get downhill. Um, but I, he's a guy that I want to see, you know, how he doesn't pass pro. Um, he didn't allow a sack over the course of the season, but there was one game in particular um, that I noticed that he kind of struggled a little bit in pass pro guys, kind of gave him some fits with agility. But um, interesting to see how he does. I want to see him go down there and dominate and kind of submit himself as a top 50 pick, because I think that's kind of around the range where I see him coming off the board. Uh, you know, But if he goes down there and he plays really well and does well in space, um, I, think, I think we could be talking about a completely different level of
1: prospect. For sure, for sure. And another mention, I want to leave one last footnote on, on Darnell right? That is a guy I've seen so many divisive opinions on. Some people really like him as almost like a late day one. And then there are some guys who almost think he's more of a late day two. So you're probably going to get a lot of varying opinions, not from just, you know, people in the community, but mm-hmm. like, you know, on Twitter. The draft. But also just like the but also just like the scouts and in, in general, and I think a lot of that has to do with you know Tennessee's offensive scheme more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not it's not an NFL offense at all. Yeah, and there's a lot of projection involved in that regard. Uh...
0: yeah, I do I do think that 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 is um, that is something to note, and it's but it is nice too how we get to kind of see these guys in like more NFL offense, like an actual NFL offense. Like when you're talking about like this, we already mentioned uh, like Rasheed Rice coming from SMU spread system, uh, the Tennessee system, which is unlike anything um, that we see in the NFL. And that's why I'm really bummed that we don't get to see Hinden Hooker because this is a spot where um, he probably needed this game more than most yeah, kind of day two quarterbacks that we're going to come out of the NFL draft process. So really a bummer that he can't play. But I'm excited about seeing, you know, kind of how, how this week plays out. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome time. I just i also want to mention too, like the Senior Bowl. It's an awesome experience. It's, um, you know, a part of the evaluation process. But I do want to mention like it's not the only thing yeah. I see this every year. And it's a big pet peeve of mine. Um, I think we get this lead up of like three, four weeks of NFL playoffs. The senior bowl kind of kicks off the draft process for a lot of the teams, you know, fans and stuff with their teams already eliminated. Um, This is just one part of the puzzle. Like we, the all-star circuit and things like that, it's a part of the the process, but don't overweight it in terms of like what the film says. Um, We need to really be checking boxes with the senior bowl, with the NFL combine, uh, the tapes, what matters most. So how these guys do in drills, like we can talk about, you know, certain things that we want to see guys we're excited about watching matchups that we need to um, need to see. It makes you want to come they back to the out. tape.
1: That's, more than, that's yeah. more than anything what you want to see. Um, from, from year to year, you know, it feels like you have either an overestimation of a guy like Braxton yep. Miller's performance or you – you know, you, you, you look at Terry McLaurin and what he did. And I want to say, you know, there's both ends to the spectrum and I definitely think it's very important to one, you know, these are going to be based off of observations of other people. Some people might have this guy as a winner and the other guy might have him as a loser. I saw that a lot last year with like guys like Desmond. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was really crazy. And that's why I'm really excited to be down there and get my own observations. And
0: yeah. Yeah. It's always good to rely on your own set of eyes, man. There's a lot of great minds, um, in the draft industry, but you know, you got to trust your own set of evaluations and that's one of the things I'm looking forward to as well. Granted, I'm not going to be able to be down there, but just watching the practice. Um, it's definitely something I look forward to over the course of the season. So, all right. I think that pretty much does it for us this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys, the support on the pod, Appreciate y'all, you know, taking your time out of your day to, you know, give give this a listen. So next week, Nick and I will be breaking down the defensive side of the roster for the Senior Bowl. Um, maybe we get some more accepted invites. You know, we're still probably waiting on some some guys maybe that played in the playoffs. Um, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Or maybe some replacement guys um, for invites that weren't accepted. So. Definitely come back next week. Um, just a reminder you can find our work at youtube.com slash talk or wherever you get your podcast. Again, appreciate the support, guys. Y'all enjoy the rest of your week and into your weekend. We will holler at y'all next week. Peace. Peace.